and you guys can have a seat. Uh, we've got a couple real quick announcements here at the front end before we, uh, we jump in. And what a fitting song for us to start with as we celebrate Victory Sunday. Uh, the first is Ignite. Our, uh, our time of prayer and worship will be uh, next Sunday, uh, December 10th at 3.30 out at the Pavilion. And so if you want to gather next Sunday afternoon at 3.30, we will do service in the morning here at 10.30 and then a prayer time and worship time out there at the Pavilion at 3.30. Uh, the Grace Summit is this Friday, uh, which is really, really exciting. So if you are new to us, we are part of a family of churches. There are eight family, eight churches uh, in the Grace family, and we gather together once a year, uh, actually twice a year. We gather together at Pentecost, and then we gather together at the beginning of the year to do some training, to do some looking at the future, to do some dreaming, and just some kind of, hey, here's what's going on with the family. And typically, uh, we do this in one of our churches, and we bring all the churches together, and it's a big worship experience and a big blow up. Uh, but because of COVID, that's not really the best thing to do this year. And so we're, we, we've got two options for you this year if you want to participate in the Grace Summit. One is you can watch it at home. You can register at gfc.tv backslash summit and watch at home. There's some house parties that are gathering together to watch. And there's a small group of people that are going to be gathering here on Friday at 6 p.m. from 6 to 8. Uh, and you can join us here in the building as we kind of watch together and celebrate. Uh, this year, one of the cool things that, that they did was they created a documentary about the history of the Grace family. And uh, Found We've got some friends that are these documentary filmmakers from California who came and spent some time with us earlier in the year and kind of tell the whole story of the Grace family, the whole story of how we started, how we got the values, why we are who we are, and why we believe what we believe. Uh, I got the chance to see a kind of sneak preview of that. It's really awesome. Uh, and so I'm really excited about that and hope lots of you can come and join us and be a part of that and kind of know the history of grace, kind of where we've been and then also where we're going next, which is really exciting. Uh, there's no grace students tonight. They'll pick up again on Wednesday night. Uh, and for those of you who are elementary school parents, you know that we did not have any grace kids this morning. The reason we didn't have any grace kids this morning is we didn't have, a, we didn't have any volunteers at all. So we've got lots of kids that want to spend time downstairs, but we have no adults that want to spend time with them. Uh, I know this is a weird time, and I know COVID is a strange time. Uh, we don't want to cancel uh, elementary stuff, and we want to be able to have some things downstairs for our elementary school students, but we also need help. And so if you're a parent of an elementary school student especially, I just want to really encourage you to see Meredith, check in with her, see Melissa, check in with her, and just say, hey, I can help once a month. Uh, I can jump down there one time a month and spend some time with a few kids. Um, socially distanced, masks on, all of those things are still happening downstairs as well. And so we need your help. And maybe you're just a random person who's like, I'll do that. I'll help out. Uh, we, could, we would appreciate that too. So that's, that's enough of announcements. Uh, Victory Sunday. It's a weird year to do a Victory Sunday, isn't it? So this is, a, this is a tradition we started. The first year that I came to Grace was the first Sunday of the new year, we would celebrate all that God has done in the past year and kind of look forward to the next year and kind of pray into uh, what, what, what's, what's to come and, and thank the Lord for what has been and what's, what's happened. Uh, and this year, more than any, it just feels a little weird to call a Sunday Victory Sunday. It feels a little strange to, to kind of focus in on the victories because a lot of this year hasn't felt terribly victorious. I don't know if you're with me on that. 
but a lot of this year has felt frustrating. It's felt difficult. It's, it's felt challenging. I, I, I still remember in March, way back, and, and here's what I knew it got serious. When the NCAA tournament got canceled, I was like, oh no, our country is in trouble, right? Because we love our March Madness, right? We love our basketball. And when that got canceled, I was like, this, this is real. Like something serious is happening here. And this is not just something that is going to breeze by really quick. If we're canceling basketball, our country has a problem. <laughs> and so we canceled. The, and, and then we started had to, having to refigure out how to do church. And, and in those early days, nope, we didn't really know what was going on. We didn't know masks. We didn't know distancing. We, we just were hearing all of these things, and there was all this kind of chaos going on. And so we, we went online for a while, and I don't know about you guys, but I thought, this is what I thought. I thought, we'll go online for 60 days, 30 days, and then we'll be fine, right? And we'll be gathering back together in the sanctuary. And here's the crazy thing. Going up to March, our church had been growing so rapidly like, we, we had just moved to two services because we couldn't keep everybody in one service. This room was completely packed all the way to the balcony, and there were times when we had to have people just standing in the back. We were pulling chairs in the back for more people. All of these things were growing. It was amazing things were happening, and all of a sudden, we went, we went underground. We went online for a while, and I thought, you know, 30, 60 days, we'll be fine. Then we'll just be back at it again, and maybe we'll lose a little momentum, but we'll pick it up again. And then it was more than that and more than that. And then we started gathering outdoors and we started gathering indoors with masks and socially distanced. And, and I can't tell whether you're all smiling at me or whether you're mad at me. And it's weird because of the mask. You got to smile with your eyes. And, and it's just been this weird year to be a pastor. It's been this weird year as a church. It's been a weird year for all of us. I, I, I've spoken to many people who've lost loved ones in this season. Uh, who've lost grandparents or aunts or uncles or cousins or some people who've lost immediate family in this season. Uh, a lot of people from our community have lost their jobs and have lost their incomes and have had to try and find a side hustle or, or try to find a new job in a time where the job market just isn't great right now and not everybody's hiring and, and looking for somebody. I, I, there's been a sense of loneliness in the middle of all of this. I've talked to so many people who just feel isolated and alone and and miss being with loved ones, and miss being with friends. We, we used to do every Sunday night at my house, we would invite a bunch of friends over, we would have a meal together, we would watch whatever sporting event was going on, and we've not done that since March. And I miss having people in our house. I miss having our friends over. I miss sitting across the table and laughing. Like There's some of that that's just isolating, and it feels lonely, and it feels difficult. There's, there's been not just the, 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 the consequences of COVID, but the political and the racial divide in our country during this season has just escalated like to, a, to a level that I can't believe how many people, how, how many people have lost friendships over this. Like I've, I've had people come to me in this season and said, I can't even talk to my parents right now. I can't talk to my sister. I can't talk to my brother. Like there's this divide that's happened politically. Uh, in, our, in our communities and in our church. And then the election happened and there was this old guy and this old guy and some people liked this old guy and some people liked this old guy and everybody fighted, fought over who, which old guy they liked the most. And, 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 and it created all this controversy and finally it was over, but it was never over, right? It's, it just feels like it's ongoing and they keep telling me on my TV that one side is gonna ruin America and the other side's gonna ruin America and they're still ruining America, all right? And it just keeps on going and I like... I, I'm hoping that Tuesday, 
Things are gonna slow down after that. I, I'm praying to God I don't get 40 pieces of mail every day that says save America, right? Like I, I'm, I'm hoping that, I, that, that, that it'll slow down, but who knows, it may just keep going. Uh, this year, it's just been one thing after another, and it's just felt heavy. I don't know if you felt that. It's just felt heavy. Uh, and so I was really looking forward to Christmas, and I was really looking forward to uh, to this kind of last couple weeks. And, and this last couple weeks is kind of a week, uh, a few weeks of just celebration for our family. So on December 18th is my anniversary. Uh, this year was 22 years uh, anniversary. Uh, then we have got Christmas, and then my birthday is December 30th, 46 years old this year, guys. It's a little, it's feeling really close to 50. Uh, it's feeling, it, 50 just feels real old to me. I don't know about, I don't know, it just feels really bad. Uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I know, I'm just, I'm getting there, and I'm getting there fast. And, and then there's New Year, and then there's, the, there's football games, and I love football, and so there's all these things that are colliding into once. And so December 17th, I was sitting at the house, and Cole came in, and my oldest son said, Dad, I think I have a fever uh, I'm not feeling great. I don't know what's going on. And we were like, well, you got to go get a test right away. So we sent him to get one of those rapid tests that said he's positive for COVID. And we've been so cautious and careful throughout this whole season. We've tried to be so careful. And Wendy's is what got us. He works at Wendy's. Uh, we're blaming Wendy's. It's the, uh, it's the Frosties that did us in uh, at Wendy's. But uh, so he came home with COVID. And then, then the next day was my anniversary. And my wife has uh, MS, and so she has some immune deficiencies, and we've always tried really hard to protect her and take care of her. So uh, my on the 18th, I went in the morning to get a rapid test done, and it showed that I had COVID. Uh, and so then I started 10 days of quarantining, and Cole and I locked ourselves in our room. There was one bathroom in our house that we were allowed to use, and there was nowhere else we were allowed to go in the entire house. I, I know what prison is like. Right? My wife would deliver meals. She would knock on the door when the meals were in front of the door, and she would say, come out quick because the dogs will eat it if you don't come out quick. Uh, and she would leave these things at the door, and I was locked in this room, and thank God for Xboxes. Praise Jesus that I had an Xbox in that room. Men, are you with me? Anybody? Okay, come on. Uh, FIFA saved my life. Uh, I, I was so grateful for an Xbox, but I was sitting in this room by myself, and I reached like day four of being in this room, and I had pulled an air mattress in there, and I had a fever, and I was not feeling well, and my back hurt so bad, and I, I was like, I don't know if my back hurts because of COVID. I still don't know to this day if my back hurts because of COVID or because I'm 46 years old and was sleeping on an air mattress. I have no idea if that was a side effect of COVID or if it was just me being old. But it was terrible, and I, I woke up one morning, and I was just so done with that room. I was just so frustrated, and so I, I didn't want to play Xbox anymore. And I, there, there was nothing on TV unless you want to watch the Christmas movies repeatedly over and over again. Like, the week before Christmas, all we do is play the dumb Chevy Chase movie and the Christmas story over and over and over and over again, and I know that I'm a hater, but I don't like Christmas movies. I've seen them all 55 times, and I'm just not interested in them again. I, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, and so I was just feeling so frustrated and so discouraged, and I just sat down, and I, I honestly, I just, I, I, I needed a change in my perspective. And I just sat down, and I just said, all right, Lord, 
I can fight you through this for another six days. Or I can start cooperating. And I just, I, I had to, in the middle of all of this, and it was a weird moment for me, but I had to sit down and quiet myself and change my perspective. I had to sit down and just say, like, I can sit here and think about how terrible this is and fight about it and be frustrated about it and complain about it. Uh, like, uh, uh, you know, any, I'm not even going to make that joke. It's inappropriate. Uh, I'm filtering things in my head right now. It's, it's the, maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a consequence of COVID. I'm, I'm sorting it out out loud here. You guys are hearing my inner dialogue as it's going on. Uh, I, I just, I was so frustrated and I had to just sit down and I just had to change my perspective. And I had to say, you know what, sometimes God changes our circumstances and sometimes he changes our perspective. And I don't know about you guys, but that's felt a little bit like 2020 for me. Is I've wanted God to change our circumstances over and over again. I want no masks in this room. Can I get an amen? I want a full room again. Can I get an Amen. <laughs> Like, I, I want to I I be able to spend time with my parents. I haven't seen my parents since March. I want to spend time with my parents. I, I, I want to see my sister. I, I want to I have friends over to my house. I want my, my, my circumstances to change. And what God is continually teaching me in this season is maybe there are times when I don't change your circumstances, but I will change your perspective if you let me. I will give you new eyes to see. I will, I will help you to understand that everything that is going on is real and you can look at it and you can receive it and you can take it in, but you can also celebrate the good that's happening and you can see the positive in all of this. So I was looking in scripture this week, Genesis chapter 41. If you want to turn to Genesis chapter 41, verses 50, right around 50, 52. And, and here's what's happening. Uh, this is Joseph. Uh, Joseph has interpreted Pharaoh's dreams that a famine is coming, and it's going to be bad. And so they've started stockpiling food. They've started preparing for all of this. Joseph has interpreted the dreams. He's been given new levels of responsibility. He's gone from the kid to the pit to, to, to Potiphar's house. He's gone to all these different places. He's gone to prison, and now he's been elevated, and he's standing with Pharaoh, and, and this famine is coming. And here's what it says. Before the year of the famine came... Two sons were born to Joseph. Asenah, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore them to him. And typically, here's what happens. When children are named in Scripture, they're named after the season they are born into, which is why there's a bunch of weird names in the Bible. Right? There are kids in the Bible whose name is Sorrow. That's not a good start. Right? There's kids whose name are lonely. That's not a good start, right? Look back through some of the names in the Old Testament of kids and why they named them and how they named them. There's some terrible names, right? Kids are named these awful things because they're named the season that they're entered into. And so Joseph knows there's this terrible season coming. He knows that famine is going to happen. He knows that bad things are, are, are going on right now, but he doesn't name his kids famine. He doesn't name his kids not enough. He doesn't name his kids 
lacking of anything. He changes his perspective and he does something that is countercultural in the moment. He doesn't name the situation based on the circumstances. He names it based on his perspective. Verse 51, Joseph called the name of his firstborn son Manasseh. For he said, God has made me forget my hardships in my father's house. In the name of the second son, he called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Manasseh and Ephraim are the names that he names his children. One is, I'm naming this because I want to forget the hardships and I want to see the right things. I want to see the correct perspective. The second is, God has made me fruitful in the land of affliction in the land of suffering, in the land of hardship, in the land of difficulty, God has made me fruitful. Um, Manasseh literally means causing me to forget. And, and when he's saying this, he's not saying I'm going to live in a fantasy world, right? There's a difference between living in a fantasy world and living in reality. There's a way that we can numb ourselves and pretend that nothing bad is happening and escape the problems of the world that is unfaithful. This is not the forgetting that he's talking about. He's talking about perspective. Help me to forget all of the ways in which this is affecting me. He's talking to the guy that's quarantined in the room on his 46th birthday and saying to him, remember the good things. Remember your perspective. Remember all the ways that I have blessed you, that I have taken care of you. Remember all the good in this and forget some of the hardships that you're experiencing right now and look at this side and not this side. Change your perspective. It's not minimizing the problem. It's not acting like there's nothing going on. It's not acting like there's no big deal. It's actually paying attention to what's really happening. Philippians 3.13 says, forgetting what is behind, we push ahead, straining towards what Christ has for us next. We forget what's behind and we strain towards what's ahead. We have this new perspective of goodness and faithfulness. The famine in the land was severe. That's what follows this in the, in, the, in, the, in the scriptures. The famine was severe. There is a reality. 2020, there is a reality. This has been a hard year. How many of you would say this has been the hardest year of your life? Not very many. Wow, I would say that. I would say it by far this has been the hardest year of my life. Maybe it's just the pastors. I noticed everybody on our staff raised their hand. Uh, it's, it's been a hard year. Uh, but, and, and, and in the middle of that, we, 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 we accept, we, we hold on to what we've lost, but we also remember what we have. We change our perspective. And so here's what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of move into a time of extended worship on the back end of this, but I want to give you two exercises to work through. Um, this is something that our staff has done over the past few weeks. It's something that I've done, and it's an exercise that's helped me put in perspective 2020. And the first thing that we did was we, we just made a list of 20 things we're grateful for and thankful for in 2020. 20 things that we're grateful for in 2020 and 20 things that we're thankful for. And so I, you, you guys got a handout as you came in. And on that handout this week, I want you to sit down with your family. I want you to maybe do this on your own and then come together. I want you to make a list of 20 things that you're grateful for. And I'll be honest, I ran out of steam a little bit about 15. I had to dig a little bit to get 16, 17, 18, 19. But I think actually 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20 were the best ones when I started to think about it. 
So take some time, take an hour and sit down and just write down, here are 20 things that I'm thankful for. And I know you're not used to getting homework from church. Uh, so I, I, I want to encourage you, though, to take some time and, and, and spend some time on, on, on this this week. Uh, we're going to ask you to share this on social media. We want you to use the hashtag Grace for 2021. Grace for 2021 is the hashtag. I want you just to share this on social media this week and just kind of be an encouragement to one another. I really, here's what I'm excited about this week. I'm excited about logging on to social media this week and just looking at everybody from our church's celebrations this year. I'm excited about being thankful with you, right? I'm excited about celebrating together. And so look up that hashtag this week. I don't know who else is using it. You might find some weird stuff on there too. Uh, but uh, we're going we're gonna to do this. And so I want to do this. I want to model this for, uh, for the church, right? Not for me as an individual. I've done that. But I want to model this for here's some things that we can celebrate that have happened for the church. And when we celebrate on Victory Sunday, I say this every year, Victory Sunday is not about celebrating Grace Marietta. It's not about celebrating the staff. It's not about celebrating all of us and what we accomplished. It is about celebrating what Jesus has done through us. We do not think the church is the hero of the church. The hero of the church is Jesus. Can I get an amen? All right? And so when we celebrate these wins, we give all the glory to Jesus, and we thank Jesus for the way that he has worked, the things that he has done. This is not about us saying, look how awesome we are. Look at all the great things we did. We're great. This is about thanking God and being grateful for him and having a posture of praise towards Jesus in the middle of this. So can I, can I work through the 20, our, our 20 wins as a church? All right, we got a new park. I, I don't know if you guys have seen that. It's not completely done yet. There are some lines that need to be painted on the basketball courts. There's some landscaping and some fencing that needs to go up that I think is happening in the next two weeks, all of it. And so we should have a completed park in the next, uh, I, is that right when I say that? Yeah, kind of. Uh, who knows? It's a moving target. It's COVID. Uh, but but th this is amazing. Like, this is something that we dreamed about and have worked on for five years, guys. It's something that required our entire church to sacrifice together, to, to raise the money to do this. We, we, I, it's been so beautiful to me to see, like, the sacrificial giving that's gone into this. Like, we had a vision that we believe came from God. We had a vision that we're going to create a side door for our community, that we're going to create a space in our community where our community can come and be and have fun and enjoy and, and have a safe space. We also had this eyesore right next to the church that was like this dilapidated park, which nothing says this church is for families better than a dilapidated park, right? If you're going to get rickets by the rusty material on the playground equipment. I don't know, like scurvy. I don't know, but the, we, there was nothing worse than that. And so we just said, we, we gotta do something with this space. God's given us this amazing space. And since, since we've started building, I've get, I get phone calls all the time from folks that are like, hey, when is this gonna be done? Or, hey, let me tell you a story about how when I was a kid, I used to go to that park all the time and used to be there every Sunday with my family. And I'm hearing all these stories. I got basketball coaches that are calling me saying, can we do practice out there? And I was like, if you want to practice in 30-degree weather, you do your thing, right? Whatever you want to do. And so we're going to create this space that's going to be open and inviting to the community. Um, before I got sick, right when the basketball goals went up, me and Graham Butler and some of the students went out there 
and started playing basketball with a bunch of kids. There was like seven kids from Wheeler that were there that day. And we just spent like two hours just hanging out with kids. And at the end of the time hanging out together, the kids just said, this really sweet kid said, hey, I just want to thank you for doing this. Like, I live right here, and I'll be here all the time. And I think this is my park. And we were like, yes, son, it is your park. And he exchanged numbers with the kids in our youth group and they're going to text him and call him every time they play basketball. This is what we wanted, right? We wanted a space where we can open up space for people to enjoy and hang out. I'm going to spend all the time on the park. We've got a new pavilion that's right next to the park, which is amazing. We've already been able to do a ton of events out there. If you've been to one of our outdoor services, we had outdoor services out there until it got a little too chilly. We did our Christmas party out there this year. We did the Christmas gathering, lots of fun things and lots of spaces for house churches to gather, for the church to gather. I envision kids birthday parties out there, lots of fun things that can happen uh, in this new space. Um, We were able to love our community really, really well through community outreach this year. Uh, Our our community outreach, when COVID hit our community uh, starting in March, I want you to know like our staff jumped into action in meeting needs and caring and loving and taking care of needs in our community in a way that is so beautiful. And I wish you guys could hear story after story of people who came to us and we were able to help them and bless them and serve them and ways we were able to reach out to the community. But our church, in a time of crisis, mobilized to become the rescue team. We didn't huddle up and say, we're going to stay and be afraid. We stepped into the fray and loved and served as Jesus would love. And we're going to continue to do that over and over and over again. Here's a few ways that we did that this year. Uh, We were able to help the table on Delk. We provided meals over and over again for nine straight weeks so that people who didn't have meals could have meals. Uh, We partnered with the YMCA to provide food for families in our community that uh, were in need. Wheeler High School, we provided meals for the football team throughout this whole season, which was interesting. Uh, They weren't very good either, but we're going to pray for the Wheeler football team. They need some recruits. Uh, We're going to provide a meeting space for Young Life. We were able to fill the Wheeler food pantry so that kids that were a part of the school there could have food, and the kids that weren't getting lunches on the weekends could get lunches. Over and over again, we were able to step into the fray. Um, Meredith Bennett became our next generation pastor, which is really, really, really exciting for all of us. Those of you who know Meredith know that she is an amazing and incredible leader and is just the right person to lead both our students and uh, our kids. And we're we're praying and looking for some part-time people, a part-time children's person and a part-time youth person right now. Um, maybe a, a, a guy who will play basketball outside with kids is what we're looking for. And if you know that person, send them to me uh, because we love to connect uh, in those ways. Uh, we solidified our vision and values. That doesn't sound like a really exciting thing, um, but our staff went through a year-long process with a consultant where we kind of developed our vision and values, why we exist, what we're here for, what do we believe God is calling us to, And we came up with a mission statement of we want to awaken each other to live kingdom dreams in a world that's fast asleep. Starting next week, we're going to start talking about what it looks like to awaken kingdom dreams. And we're going to talk about dreaming in the middle of this season that's been challenging and difficult. Um, We opened our Hope Counseling Services. uh, And this is a huge victory for the church. We started partnering with Hope Counseling uh, and we opened up a, a, a place right here in our community where people can come and, and can receive counseling. Um, from what I've been told, it's the number one place in the city of Atlanta or in Marietta. 
for the Hope Counseling. Like, like very quickly when we opened up, people started coming and were able to provide Christian counseling to lots of different families and help lots of different people. People from our church uh, and then people from outside of our church are coming to that and being a part of that. And they're full almost every week. And so it's a great opportunity, especially in the time of crisis, how God initiated that in a time where people needed Christian counseling for us to be able to open up a space and do that was a huge, huge victory. This sounds silly, but we replaced our HVAC system, guys. If, if you saw how big that dang thing was, you know what a big deal this was. It, it cost a lot of money, and God provided every penny of it along the way, and we've got a whole, oh, you can hear it right now. Shh. It's COVID safe, it's beautiful, it's, it all functions, and it works, and it's the right temperature, and you don't have to jiggle things and uh, pray uh, that it works, it's, it's happening. Uh, we launched our foster care initiative with Windshape Homes. Uh, we've got a foster care house church that's been doing great work. We've got a number of kids that have been fostered through that house church and another number of people who are fostering that we're caring for and loving on. Our initiative is always at-risk kids. And so the reason we're providing food for kids is because we want to be there for at-risk kids. The reason we provide a basketball program is because we want to be there for at-risk kids. The reason why we launched a foster care initiative is we believe that Jesus' heart is for at-risk kids, and we're going to always try and be there and show up for any kid in our community who is at risk. Uh, let's see. Um, we paid the bills, guys. Is, uh, can, can we just celebrate that? Like in a season where I have so many, I've, I've heard stories of so many churches that shut down, that closed the doors, that had to lay people off, that had to fire people, that had to sell properties, that had to do all of those kinds of things. Um, we managed to, to, to kind of zero out. It's been absolutely amazing. It's incredible. Even just as, as I was quarantining, like we, I, I kept seeing the numbers three or four weeks in a row, just lower and lower and lower. And I'm like, oh no. And then end of the year giving came in and we just zeroed out again. Like God just keeps providing at just the right time. And, and I want to thank everybody for your generosity and your love and your support and your giving. It's allowed us to keep the doors open. It's allowed us not to fire staff. It's allowed us to continue the mission and even to keep serving and loving and caring for our communities. A lot of new churches that were hit with COVID did not have an answer to what was happening. And God was so faithful in all of those things. Uh, we gathered over 50 leaders this year for training and vision casting. Uh, that was one of my favorite things this year. We did the garden outdoors and right around, was it May? I don't know when it was, May or June, we started gathering leaders outside and we just poured into a bunch of leaders and, and started investing in them and thought, if we can't gather everybody, let's gather our leaders and let's invest in them. And it's a, a, a reproducible kind of concept that we're going to keep stepping into this year as we're going to start gathering leaders again. And if you want to be involved in leadership, come and see me or Douglas or anybody and say, hey, I want to, I want to be a part of the next time you gather leaders and we'll invest in you, pour into you. Um, we continue to creatively gather online, in person, and outdoors. Uh, Tyler became a tech guru in the middle of all of this, right? Not just a worship guy, but he learned how to run video and learned how to produce a service. And, and, and God was so faithful to us in, in enabling us to have the equipment and the material and all the things that we needed so that we could provide online services for people that are still at home, provide in-person in spaces for people that want to be here, and then to be outdoors. It was really great to see all of those things happen. We gathered together um, for community conversation and discuss our responsibility towards racial equity. 
We joined with 13,000 other Christians in the One Race March in Atlanta, and our church continued to stand against racism and against injustice in any way uh, in our, as a community. That's a huge, huge win for our church, um, and such a blessing to see how our church engaged in that in such a healthy way and such a productive way. And those conversations are just beginning as we're continuing to talk about how do we stand for racial equality in our community. We had 16 new families join our church in the middle of a pandemic, uh, which is pretty awesome. And that's just in the last few months. Um, so new families that are coming, new families that are joining and being a part of our church. Um, for four months, we gathered every day of the week to pray and to study and to do daily prayers together. And a bunch of you gathered online with us in the mornings, and we started our day in the Word, and we started our day with prayer. And we walked through, I think it was like six or seven books of the Bible together uh, as we did that. I kind of miss that sometimes. So I really love the, the rhythm of daily prayers, of just gathering together and opening the Word together. That's something to celebrate. Our prayer ministry grew and continued to reach out and continued to seek breakthrough. It was so amazing. I, you guys, we have the greatest church in the world. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not... I'm, I'm, I'm not exaggerating. It's not hyperbole for me to say that. Like, when I got sick, there was this moment on a Saturday when every half hour somebody came to our door with something. And it went, it went on all day long. It was this amazing thing where uh, I look out and there's a bunch of people in my driveway praying uh, for my family. And they're like, hey, we're just going to pray in the driveway. Is that all right? We're not coming in because we don't want to get what you got. But we're going to pray in the driveway. And then another group of people came later in the day and they're sitting out in my front yard and they're like, we're just praying in the front yard for you. And then uh, we had meal after meal after meal. If anybody wants to eat, we've got lots of food at my house. We get just so much good. And it wasn't just, it was good food too. I'm talking about like, it was really good food. And then people start dropping off bottles of bourbon. I don't know if that's because I like to drink bourbon or if it's because people just think bourbon cures COVID. But I got like seven bottles of bourbon. I, my, my bar is stocked right now. Uh, I, I'm going to drink it very slowly and responsibly, everybody. Uh, but but I, like, my bar is stocked. Like, I just love our church is just this beautiful church that prays for one another and cares for one another. And, and to be able to see the church in action, it's really, really, really beautiful for me. Um, this, this may sound silly, um, but not one partner of Grace Marietta died of COVID this year. Uh, I've got pastor friends who lost seven or eight people in their church. I've got a young pastor friend of mine that I've been coaching who had never done a funeral before, and he told me last week he's done 10 this year. I mean, there have been congregations that have been hit really hard, and God has protected us in this way. We have done a lot of weddings this year. We've had a lot of babies born, a whole lot around the nine-month mark of COVID uh, started to be born. Um, but we have not, we have not, uh, we've not had a lot of folks pass away because of COVID this year. And there has been suffering in other ways, and there has been challenges in other ways. But God has protected us, particularly from COVID, which is something that we've prayed for. I think our prayer support in that has helped. And lastly, we're still here. We're still meeting. We're still praying. We're still loving, and we're still serving. And I want to say this again and again. The church never closed, guys. The church never, ever closed. The world threw everything it could at the church this year, and we're still here, and we're still standing. And that's a huge victory. So let's, let's just give it up for the Lord for those 20 things. And that may have been really boring for you, 
But that is really redeeming for us. That's really powerful for us. It's really important for us. It's a changing our perspective by naming those 20 things. I want you to do the same thing as a family. What are your 20 wins of 2020 for you? What are the 20 things that you're celebrating? What are the 20 ways in which God protected, provided, cared, loved, showed up? What are some of the ways in which God's presence was powerful and amazing and beautiful? It is a great exercise. It's a discipline of forgetting and a joy of remembering. Verse 52 in this passage, the name of the second son was called Ephraim, for God has made me fruitful in the land of affliction. To name a child fruitful in a season where there is no fruit is really beautiful to me. And I, I just have this picture in my mind of Ephraim being like a six or seven-year-old kid. When you're six or seven, you just all you do is ask questions all day. There's thousands of questions. It's, my daughter asked questions for four years. She's starting to slow down on her questions because she likes her phone more than me now. But, but for about four years, it was just 7,000. She asked more questions in a day than I ask in a year. I just question after question. I just imagine little Ephraim saying to his dad, Dad, why did you call me fruitful? Why did you name me fruitful in a season where there was no food? Why did you name me fruitful in a season where there was not abundance? Why did you name me fruitful in the middle of a famine? Why is my name fruitful? And I imagine Joseph looking back through the history of his whole life. Joseph, the young man who understands what it's like to be sold as a slave, who understands what it's like to be sold out by Potiphar, his wife, and by his family, who understands what it's like to be in a pit and to be into prison, who understands how hardships create us to do good things inside of us, and him looking at his son and saying, son, let me tell you the story of my life, because I want to tell you this story that our seasons don't name us, our perspective does. And for many of you, here's the, here's the change I want in our perspective this year. 2020 has named you in a certain way. And it's named a curse over you. It's named something. It's given you a name of sorrow or of famine or of brokenness. And, and, and we want to hold on to what we've experienced, but we also want to hang on to our perspective that God is good even when our circumstances are not. And if it's not good, then he's not done yet. We want to hang on to the fact that God is still working that God is still moving. And so I, I, every year, one of the exercises that I do is I pray for a word for the year. I pray for a word for myself and for my family and for the church. So rather than doing a resolution, which I never keep, right? It's always like I'm gonna go to the gym every day and then like January 10th, I'm done with it. Uh, I've, rather than doing all of those kinds of things, I just give myself a word. It's like a theme for the year. This is the theme that God has given me. And this week as I was praying for that theme, I came across this passage. And the word I believe God is giving our church is fruitful. I think it's fruitful. I think we're actually called to bear fruit in this season. I think in the last year we've been planting over and over again. We planted a park. We planted a pavilion. We planted prayers. We planted relationships in the community. We planted in so many different ways. We plant every single week when we open up the word of God and we exegetically teach through the text. We plant and we throw seeds over and over and over again. And I really believe 2021 is a year where we are going to see fruit, guys. And I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know what it's going to look like. This fruit may not look like the fruit we anticipated. It may not be a full room full of worshipers, 
but it may be full hearts because we've served and we've blessed. It may not be a sanctuary that's filled to the rafters, but it may be joy that's filled in others' hearts because we're able to care for them and love them in the way that Christ would love them. It may not be a, 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 a million baptisms in the baptismal pool. It may be quietly on a Sunday, a baptism happening when no one's in the room. It may be quiet things. It may be little things. It may be things that seem insignificant, but I believe that God is calling us to fruit. Uh, John Wimber has a lesson that I just, I watch over and over again. There's certain sermons that just become like, I don't know, like points for me, like standing stones that I go back to. And every year at the beginning of the year, I kind of go back to this one sermon by Wimber. And Wimber is this kind of winsome teacher. He's, he's very practical, very down to earth, very in touch with the prophetic and the Holy Spirit. And such a great teacher in so many different ways. And he has this this sermon he calls, Do the Things. And in it, he says, I, I, when I first became a Christian, I started reading the Gospels, and I started looking at Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and I started seeing the things that Jesus did, and I was like, I like him. Like, I like Jesus. I like the things that he's doing. Right? He's, he's touching people, and he's healing them. He's teaching love and grace and mercy. Like, I, I, I look at Jesus, and I like all the things that he's doing. And, I, and I, I became a Christian, and I started saying, I want to do those things. I want to do the fruitful things. I want to do the things that Jesus is doing. That feels like the Christian stuff. I want to do the Christian stuff. And then he said, so then I started going to church, and I went to church, and, 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 and I showed up in church, and we prayed about doing things, and, and we sang about doing things, and we talked about doing things, and we created a vision and a strategy to do things, but we never did anything. We just talked about it. We sang about it. We prayed about it. Then we gathered again the next week and we talked about it and we sang about it and we prayed about it. And then we gathered the next week and we talked about it and we prayed about it and we sang about it. But I didn't see us doing the things that I see in here. I didn't see us doing the Jesus things. And he says this, it's a great line. He says, when I worked for Satan, I got to do all of his stuff. And then I started working for Jesus and I wasn't allowed to do any of the fun stuff. And here's what I want, guys. For 2021, I want us to do the things. I want us not to talk about it, not to pray about it, not to dream about it, not to strategize about it, not to write it down on paper, not to sit down with our goals. I want us to do the things. And in order for us to do the things, it means we've got to be brave. It means that we've got to be bold. It means we've got to step out of our comfort zones. It means we've got to walk into relationship with people that are not in this room right now. And it means we need to trust and believe that in a season of famine, there is Ephraim. That in a season that looks so difficult and so challenging, we need to hang on to this word, for God has made me fruitful in the season of my affliction. And so can we hang on to that for this year? Here's your homework. 20 things that you're grateful for. You guys have the handout. We're gonna move into a time of worship right now. The band's gonna come, and I want you, even as you're, even as you're thinking, just start jotting some things down. Just start writing down, this is what I'm thankful for. These are the victories that I saw. This is what I'm praising the Lord for in the last year. And then I want you to pray about a word for you for 2021. What's the theme that God's giving you for this year? What's the word that he's giving you? What's the direction that he's sending you? What's the hope that he's calling you to? Uh, I know that not everybody's excited about church homework. 
but I really believe, think about it this way, this is an exercise. In the same way that you all are trying to get to the gym in some way or whatever the gym looks like in COVID, uh, in the same way you're trying to exercise and lose weight and come up with new perspective, this is an exercise that will help you change your perspective. So we're going to move into a time of worship. We're going to do a few songs here at the end, not just one song. Communion is at each of the stations, and so you can go to take communion during this time, uh, or some of you have the elements already and and can can take that in your spot. Whatever you need to do, if you need to just kind of gather as a family and talk about what you're thankful for, uh, do that. If you need to stand and praise and sing and just be quiet, we want to invite you into that space. But we want to invite you into a space of reflection and dreaming. I think that's what the Victory Sunday is all about for us is we look back and we thank the Lord for the ways that he's taken care of us. And we look forward and dream together about what could be. So Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you would give us perspective. I pray that you would give us your eyes to see. I pray that we would have a heavenly perspective of the last year. I pray for those of us who are wounded and scarred and tempted to name this season famine. I pray that you would teach us to name it Ephraim. I pray that you would teach us to name it abundance. I pray that you would teach us to see the ways that you have worked that is good and that is fruitful and that is faithful. And then I pray that you would give us a theme and a vision for the next year. Help us not to become a holy huddle that's huddled in together, scared of the world, but help us to go on the offense. Help us not to get into that prevent defense and just stay back trying to keep the enemy from scoring, but teach us how to get out into the world and to do the things that you've promised us. And so, Lord, we pray for your protection as we step into the things. We pray for your provision as we step into the things. We pray for your power and your authority as we do the things. And, Lord, I pray that at the end of 2021, There is so many victories that we can't even contain them in 20 things. That we just, there's just so much good and blessings and goodness from you. We pray that you would teach us to walk into that. So we thank you, Lord, for what's been. We even thank you for the hard stuff, Lord, because we know the hard stuff refines us. We thank you for the fire because we know it shapes us. We thank you for the, for the, for the hard times and the broken moments. We thank you for the way that you've shaken and revealed the brokenness inside of us. And we pray now that you would begin healing us. Lord, it's not a calendar that changes our perspective. It's you. And so it's not the turning of a page into January 1st. It's your provision and your protection and your power and your voice. And so I pray right now, Holy Spirit of God, that you would whisper to our ears, that you would remind us of your goodness, that you would remind us of your provision, that you would remind us that you are the God of the famine and you are the God of the feast. And I pray right now that you would move in power in this space. It's in your holy name we pray.